Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. This week we've got a great speaker. Hope you enjoy it. His name was Christ. Jesus Christ. It says in Matthew 1, verse 20, an angel of the Lord appeared before him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, for he will save his people from their sins. It then goes on to say, and all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Luke, the virgin will conceive a child, She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Good morning, church. How are we all doing today? Clara said, expect unexpected. What do you think? I'll be honest. I'm actually the most unexpected person up here because when I tried this on last night, I was thinking, am I going to fit into it? Because it's been a while since I wore it. <laughs> you know, when Holly came along, I kind of have beefed up a little bit. But um, anyway, the good news is I've got it on. So who's excited for Christmas? Yeah. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, 16 days to go. Then turn the other way and say, 400 years to go. You see, there's quite a difference between the two levels of expectations and excitement, isn't there? 16 days and 400 years. And you know, in one sense, you have an end game, 16 days to go. You're counting down the minutes. And we all know someday that does this. It comes the 20th of December, and it becomes Christmas Eve, 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 Eve. Don't they? They just keep on going. Could you imagine doing that for 400 years? You'd be here all day. But here's the big question. Who's finished their Christmas shopping? Oh, good on you. There you go. There's some organized people here. But you know, as you start to plan your meal, you know, you get the turkey. Some people get frozen. Some people get fresh. But could you imagine having that turkey in the freezer for 400 years? I don't think people would be too pleased on Christmas Day. But you see, we see this in the Bible. We have the Old Testament, all the prophecies about the coming of Christ. As Aaron said, Advent, the coming of Christ. And all of a sudden there's this gap, about 400 years approximately between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And you see, but all of a sudden hit When Mary gets confirmation, she's pregnant. We're all of a sudden hit with the coming of Christ is here. The end game's here. We've got a countdown now to the very first Christmas. And you know, when I was thinking about this sermon, I was looking over the nativity, the usual verses that we come across, and all I could, I just couldn't get out of my head, Christ, Jesus Christ. Hence why I'm roasting in this suit. (laughs) But anyway, oh, nice. (laughs) So that's why I've titled my sermon today, Christ, Jesus Christ. 
But the first point I want to make is that there's power in the name of Jesus. You know, I remember when I watched my first James Bond, um, it was Goldeneye. Anyone seen Goldeneye? Yeah, it's a great one, apart from Pierce Brosnan. I wasn't awfully fond of him. But you know, I just remember watching it and thinking, what power does the character of James Bond carry? You know, he's got such authority, no matter where he goes, he just walks in the room and just drops that, doesn't he? The name's Bond. James Bond. And all of a sudden, he's just carrying that power and authority. And when I was thinking about the Christmas message, we just see in Isaiah 7, 14, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you are to call him Emmanuel. God is with us. And in Isaiah 9, 6, for us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And you know, I just believe God set this scene here right away. We can see from Isaiah 9, 6 that there is power that's going to come in the name of Jesus. You know, I remember, when I think back, this was a classic mistake I made, but when Hannah and I started going out, she's still here, so it's fine, I can say it. But when Hannah and I started going out, I remember it was probably the second or third date, and for some reason, I don't know why I did it, but I just remember saying to her, I want to be a dad one day. Now, pretty brave move. I don't even know what came across me, but hey, it kind of it worked. She's still here, so... Um, but I remember that was me almost kind of just setting the scene. I was just being honest. I want to be a dad one day. I didn't give an end game. I didn't give a time frame. I just knew I wanted to become a dad. But then when we found out she was pregnant, well, all of a sudden that kind of comment about becoming a dad, I had that end goal. I knew it was coming. My first child was going to be born. And I remember that probably the thing we, we struggled with most was coming up with a name. You know, Hannah's from Australia, quite a soft Aussie accent. Afy Scotland, so quite aggressive. So there was many names we came up with, but no matter how soft and gentle Hannah was, I just ruined the name. I just got, I don't have a soft, gentle voice. So, but we eventually both just fell in love with the name Holly. But I can still make it sound quite, quite aggressive if I need to. Holly, stop that. Holly, don't do this. But could you imagine somebody coming up to you? You know, could you imagine, Zara, you will bear a daughter and you're to call her Helga. You're to call her Chantel. It's, you know, it just doesn't go down well. No offense to anyone called Helga or Chantel. Just. But you know, sometimes you just want to pick your own name, like the beautiful Sophia that Stephen and Zara have. But it really got me thinking about the importance of the name. And we see in scripture numerous occasions and prophecies that there is power in the name of Jesus. Jesus, meaning Yahweh, is salvation. He shall save. The word Christ, meaning the anointed one, the Messiah. And if we look back at that wonderful scripture in Isaiah 9 6, 
where it says, For us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. But the power in the name, there's four declarations right there. We know Jesus is going to be a wonderful counselor. This symbolizes Jesus' ability to guide us as a shining light in the world we live in. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We're told that the government will rest upon his shoulders. And boy, could we do with that just now. Aaron mentioned it last week. We don't need Brexit, we need fix it. Could you imagine relying on the wonderful counselor during the circumstances? We see from that verse that says he's a mighty God. In other words, God in the human form. It says in Colossians, the sun is the image of the invisible God. We know he is mighty and that he is a divine warrior who has triumphed over sin and death. We can stand in victory in the name of Jesus. It says that he's an everlasting father. You know, it says from John 14, 9. It says, you ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. That's definitely the wrong verse. <laughs> Here we go. Jesus replied, I have been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has also seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? You see, he's everlasting because Jesus is eternity. He's everlasting because he's omnipresent, which in simple terms means he is everywhere present at all times. We see that from John 1:14. So the word became human and made his home among us. We see that from John 17:5. Father, bring me into the glory where we shared before the world began. Jesus knew that as the Son of Man, that he was both on earth and in heaven. And we see from Isaiah the last one, the fourth one, he's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Shalom, as Aaron spoke on last week. There is power in the name of Jesus because he was sent to restore, to completeness, restoration. So there we have it, we can see the power that is in the name of Jesus. But what is the purpose behind it? So the second point as a title is His Majesty's Secret Service. You know, we all know James Bond was a secret agent and his role was for Her Majesty's Secret Service, the Queen. But when we live our lives as Christians, it's all about Him, it's all about the Father. And it really got me thinking about what is my service to God? In other words, what is my calling? You know, Clara said there, expect the unexpected. 
They ran after God. They ran after it because they heard the call from God. What is our calling as a church? We can clearly see that Christ's service was to come for his kingdom. Aaron said he was sent on a search and rescue mission. And that search and rescue mission is for the kingdom of God. We can see through the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus is the kingdom. Where the king is, there is the kingdom. This is why precisely why Jesus says to the Pharisees, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Jesus' purpose here on earth was for the kingdom. Jesus reveals that his purpose is to proclaim the kingdom. Jesus described his mission, saying that he must preach the good news for the kingdom of God. Jesus also declares the kingdom. Through his words, Jesus explains the kingdom and invites people to enter into it. It says in Luke verse 8, Chapter, chapter, sorry, Luke 8, verse 1, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And when I think about the birth of Christ and the secret service, I think about what is the calling that we see in the nativity scene? What is the calling on other people's lives around this time of year? We can see from John the Baptist that he was told prepare the way for the Lord. We can see from Mary that she was called because she had found favor with God, and you shall call him Jesus. It says, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, the Lord God will give him the throne over of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. We see from Joseph, he did as the Lord commanded him. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do. Matthew one twenty four. We see from the wise men that they're calling. They were the first to worship Jesus. They humbled themselves before the God's Son. There was a recognition of the power in the name of Jesus. They gave Jesus their best gifts. They also followed what they knew to be God's calling. They rang from King Herod. They did not return. Even although, even although the Bible does not declare who these men actually were, they left such a historic mark on our lives. And every single one of them aligned their plans and their callings with the purposes of God. It says in Romans 12, verse 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve 
what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I remember for myself, it was about four months ago, it was actually the last time I preached, it was back in August, I think it was, um, I spoke on Elijah, but I remember saying to Hannah, I just, just after I preached, that I just, something just didn't feel right. I just felt like I was missing my alignment, my calling with God. So I remember I just went into a time of prayer and just a time of even just kind of studying the word and just trying to work out what is my purpose here? What is my calling? And then using that same phrase that Clara said, expect unexpected, um, Hannah's father, uh, my my father-in-law, Ron, he's heavily involved with an orphanage in India, Um, but he's not been there for maybe 10, 12 years. Um, And after me praying about, come on, God, I just feel like something's missing. I feel like I need to do something for you. Um, Ron got a phone call from the pastor he knows over in India, in Hyderabad, and um, he he invited Ron to come over um, to kind of speak at a conference and to help out at an orphanage that they have over there. Um, So Ron invited me, and I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I just don't have any desire to go over to India. That's just not in my heart. I just don't feel it's right. But you know what happens? Never say no to God. It just never works out that way. So over the last four months, I've been praying about it, and all these signs were coming my way, and just no matter what I did to try and budge this calling or this invitation to India, I just could not get rid of it. So I just believe just now that for myself and the plans and purposes that God has for me, that for me to align with what God's got planned for me, um, I decided to book a trip to India. So I'm going to India next February, guys. So I've booked the flights and I've booked the visa, so there's no going back. But it just highlights to me that when we align ourselves with what God's got planned, He can do powerful things. And you know, when Aaron mentioned the what was the what's the the series that you've been preaching on, Aaron called the connection, the power lines, power lines of connection. I just believe that when we have that alignment with God. It's almost like this, there's a sense of power, there's a sense of, there's a surge of energy that just comes upon us. And you know, I'm sure for like the Transform DJ guys, when they were over here, there was almost like a, a decision that was made. You just felt, you know what, we've been called to go back to Scotland. And as soon as you align yourself with that, this surge of energy just comes upon them and they just start pressing in. And I believe God wants to do that with us this morning because we need to understand what is his secret service? What is he calling us for as individuals and as a church? And you know, one of the most famous James Bond's catchphrases is shaken, not stirred. And you know, for me, I remember I was standing over there worshiping and we're singing a song called Build My Life. And these are the lyrics. It says, Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the one who could, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. 
we live for you. It then goes on to say, I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. So as I was standing there, I already had this kind of feeling about doing a kind of James Bond theme talk about Christ, Jesus Christ, but all of a sudden I just had this sense of, you know, as Christians, we need to be stirred, not shaken. So as much as James Bond loves to say shaken, not stirred, I want to say to you this morning that we need to be stirred and not shaken. It says in 2 Timothy, Hello, Holly, I can hear you. Is it Holly? It sounds like her. Oops. <laughs> Is it Mia? <laughs> Sophia, sorry. Hello, Sophia. It says in 2 Timothy, <laughs> chapter 1, verse 6 to 7, this is why I remind you, what's going on here? My notes are everywhere, sorry. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gifts God gave you when I lay hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. In other translations, it says, therefore I remind you to stir up the gifts that God has given you. You see, whether we're a Christian, or maybe you're here this morning, you're not a Christian, we all face the same challenges in life. You know, we all come across struggles whether it's financial troubles, whether it's we've fallen into an addiction, maybe we're in relationship problems, broken marriages. I remember when my mum passed away, I just could not cry. I literally went into my own room and I tried my hardest to cry. But then when I was around my dad, my dad couldn't stop crying, but I just know in that season I was in, I had to be stirred up in almost the man of the house to help encourage him and get him through that. But I remember just praying to God, like, God, why won't you let me cry? I felt so guilty that I couldn't cry over my mom's death. But God was saying to me, through this, I'm going to stir you up you're not going to be shaken. And you see, we need to learn to develop a cultivating, dynamic devotion. Whew, those are big words for me. <laughs> but a cultivating, dynamic devotion. In other words, a daily devotion that is so deep and so dependent upon the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that even although we may not know the answer to why we're in circumstances, we may not know the why. Why have I got a broken marriage? Why have I lost a loved one? We may not know the why, but we must not be shaken. And I've got four quick practical tips 
to help us get through this? How do we achieve this cultivating dynamic devotion? Step one, we must faithfully exercise our spiritual gifts. In other words, believe in the calling that is upon your life. If you feel and you're stirred about something, then guess what? Usually it's God prodding you. You're going to India, Michael. You're going to India. Two, discipline yourself. Make a routine. Make a habit. You know, I've always felt like I've let myself down in this area where I get into a nice little routine about studying the Word or praying daily, then I get distracted. And I'm, I'm not joking. You know when you get the Bible app and you open it up and it tells you how many days you've missed? Oh, sometimes Hannah says to me, how many days have you missed? I'm like, I'll just refresh it and then I'll just start from the beginning again. <laughs> it's too embarrassing. But sometimes it happens. So I'm trying to encourage you and I'm trying to encourage myself that we need to form discipline, get ourselves into a better habit. We've got an American friend, um, he's a pastor over there called Ray Stokes, and I've asked him and said, look, can you make me accountable? I want you to chase me up. You know, what, what are you studying just now? What are you doing just now? So he's already started doing it. Um, so it kind of, as soon as you make yourself accountable to someone, it just helps to get you through that. And that's why life groups are so important at the church. You've got life group re- leaders, you've got leaders of the church. Make yourself accountable to them. The third one is be strong. Draw deep into God's enabling power so that you will achieve and accomplish so much more. And the last one is be strict. Avoid fleshly temptations or indulgences. If you've found in the past that you've had a habit about drinking, then guess what? Don't go to a pub. If you've got an issue with gambling, don't go to a casino. Become accountable. Devote yourself to a spirit filled living life. Just actually going to ask the band to come up now, if that's okay, if they're still in here. It goes on in 2 Timothy to say in chapter 2, verse 3, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hard-working farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what what I am saying. The Lord will help you understand all of these things. And what better way than the example of a soldier than James Bond? You know, could you imagine James Bond going up to his enemies and be shaken 
by his enemies, being scared by his enemies and running off. I don't know about you guys, but I've never seen a James Bond that that happens in. You know, we must be stirred up and not shaken for God's ministry. Jesus is the power. Jesus has power in his name. That's why he was sent as the one and only son on that search and rescue mission to glorify his kingdom. Just as we all have a calling upon our lives, that secret service, we must boldly and courageously share the good news of Jesus this Christmas. We must treasure the word of God and defend it tirelessly, not to be shaken, but stirred up. Just as a soldier endures hardship, so must me, so must we. Just as an athlete has strict training, but then goes on to win, so must we. And just like the hard-working farmer, he gets to enjoy the fruits of his labor at the end of it. And guess what? So will we. But know this, when we apply these principles to our daily life, we will achieve a cultivating dynamic devotion. We can trust in Christ, Jesus Christ, because his love endures forever. Because of his unfailing righteousness, because of his great power, we will be stirred. We must place our foundations in Christ because when we align our plans with God, there is a power line of connection. Will you just stand with me this morning, church? You know, maybe you're here this morning and maybe you know that you need to get deeper with God. Or maybe you're here this morning and you don't even know who Jesus is. We just want to give you the chance this morning to declare the good news of Jesus over your life. So as a church, we're just going to pray. And I'm going to ask that we all just say it and repeat after me. So Heavenly Father, we stand before you today and we declare there is power in your name. We declare there is power in Christ, Jesus Christ. This morning, Father, I choose to follow you. This morning, Father, I choose to get deeper with you. I choose to align my plans and purposes you have for me. Because, Father, this morning, I'm fed up of being shaken. I'm fed up of falling for what the world throws at me. But rather, I want to stand 
and I want to be stirred for your kingdom. So Father, will you just touch my life anew? Refresh me this morning. As Father, I want to stand in the power of the name of Jesus. So Father, this Christmas, I want to have the greatest gift of all. The love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen.